0: I don't know why I always get stuck with the intros, but welcome back to the Roman's Empire podcast.
1: Because this is your podcast, Zach. You're the man, and I'm just uh, the sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's all that needs to be said, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, welcome back. Episode number 21 of the Roman's Empire podcast, obviously. We're 21 episodes in, dude. That's that's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. People still coming around to give us a listen, which is uh, surprising, but... Uh, yeah,
0: considering how much this podcast actually sucks. No,
1: it's actually amazing, and thanks to everyone for checking us out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh, I think it was a pretty eventful week for Chelsea Football Club, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Obviously, it all started with the uh, with the win at Carabag in the uh, Champions League. Um, exceeded both of our score predictions and expectations. I mean, it. it... It
1: was the same. It was the same score as the as our first leg, right? Four four no I think our first leg was was
0: or it five, five, five or yeah, six? It was, yeah, it was it was or five or six,
1: and then so I mean, I it honestly ex- exceeded my expectations for the the lineup that we put out. I mean, or, or that I expected for us to put out. But Antonio Conte does not really mess around. I don't think with this kind of situation. So we did have a strong lineup in. um... So we played with a 3-4-3, three, three. Pedro, Willian and Hazard up top with uh, Hazard playing kind of like a false nine role. Um we had Fabregas and Golo Kanté, um Alonso and Zappacosta in the middle. Um then we had uh, Aspie Rüdiger, and Rudiger uh, and the return of David Luiz in the back. Of oh. course, uh, Courtois yeah. in goal. So um pretty pretty solid Solid starting lineup. Um it's nice to see Pedro and Williams start again. Um, you know, with Williams scoring, um a really amazing goal. Two amazing Two, goals. Two yeah. The first one was, you know, created by Hazard, which I which is his first game with a goal and an assist, Hazard. Mm. So uh good season, good yeah. in his career in Champions League in his career. Oh, oh, oh wow. The first time okay. to score and assist in a game. So nice. great job by him um and uh you know just a couple things to point out i don't think that that you know we had two penalties in this game Mm -hmm. first one should have been a penalty don't think it should have been a red card second one i'm just i'm not gonna say anything i i don't know if if we deserved it but thank you to the to whoever after that game
0: i think i think for the second penalty i think it was like it was more it was a penalty if you're defining a penalty by the actual rules and the laws of the game, right yeah, but like in in like a real game situation, it was a very soft penalty,
1: yeah, and I am just I'm not complaining though. no no manuel de sosa that's that was the ref's name thank thank you a lot man, oh, mr yeah, yeah. Mr manuel, de Sosa we know Manuel, good guy, yeah you go way back he's cool um so a couple of things that I wanted to point out. 'cause there really isn't too much talk about this game, and we were up to no with with ten you know they they lost a guy in in the first twenty minutes they got a mm-hmm. red card um so pretty sure it was their captain too and so the thing about this game that i you know I really, really love how William played, he's been in really poor form previ- lately, and we've talked about you know how he really needs to get his confidence up mm-hmm.
0: and uh the perfect game to do it
1: yeah that game he scored two goals including a screamer you know to finish it off and, and you know from outside the box mm-hmm. and you know add that to his goal scored in the liverpool game and i think that we have a William back into the form that we need him in And yeah. you know we talked a little bit last week about you know whether he is in our best 11 or not and realistically he's not in our best 11 but we need him exactly for games like these and we need to keep him um then another thing I wanted to point out uh Cesc Fabregas played all 90 minutes uh we had Danny Drinkwater come in um the 75th minute and Murata come in as well in the 65th minute
0: well yeah I mean Batshuayi had an injury so I mean I guess that injury did kind of it kind of hurt the way we rotated the squad because obviously I don't think um I don't think we would have played Hazard in a false nine. I still think we would have played 3-5-2 and had Hazard play off of Bachuai mm-hmm. um and then maybe hack him off at halftime along with Fabregas and one of our wing backs and just, you know, kind of call it a day and shut up shop. But he, he opted to sub out Ngolo Conte and keeps Cesc Fabregas in, which was interesting because You don't really need the creativity in at that point in time. I think once we went 2-0 up, I would have taken Fabregas off. They're down to 10 men. There's no way they're coming back. Throw on drink water and just shut the game down. But um, maybe Conte knows something about N'Golo Conte's hamstrings that we don't. um, Maybe he's not completely fit yet. I mean, against Liverpool, he looked fully fit to me. But, um, you know, maybe just nursing him back little by little. and, And that was a game where, you know, you had a long flight. You had, you know, him sitting in a sitting in a chair for God knows how long on an airplane. Maybe mm-hmm. that hamstring tightens up. Maybe it's not completely loosened up. Um, so hack him off after 60 minutes and throw on, throw on Danny Drinkwater.
1: Yeah, you know, and speaking of drink, Danny Drinkwater, let's let's get into this uh, Liverpool match, know, unless mm-hmm. you have something else you want to say about no, the, Carabao no, the Carabao game. No, no, the
0: Carabao game is just professional job done. And so Danny Drinkwater...
1: Got his start uh, against Liverpool starting in place of Fabregas. Mm-hmm. Um typical lineup, uh minus drink drink water in. We had a and Morata up top, drinkwater, Conte, and Bakayoko uh with uh, Alonso Alonzo and Zapacosta as our wings and wing mean backs and uh McKay Hill, Christensen, Aspilicueta uh to mark the, the back line. Um so what was your initial reaction from Danny Drinkwater's performance.
0: The second I saw Drinkwater was on the, uh, in our our starting 11, I actually went and Googled, um, to see if Fabregas got hurt or if he (sighs) picked up a knock in the warmups. Pretty shocking. Um, not that I had anything against it and not that I didn't think we could do a job with Drinkwater. I didn't really stress out too, too much. Um, I just thought that that's kind of gave away Conte's game plan. He was going to be really pragmatic and just kind of, you know, sit at the back and aim to hit him on the counter, which, which I don't necessarily agree with all too much because we all know that this Liverpool back line is absolute garbage. And every single time we had the ball in their defensive, in their defensive third, we, we created a chance. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think this game would have been better off with Fabregas in there um, from the start, but, Again, you know, it is what it is.
1: I mean, if even if we don't start him, I mean, he got subbed in with only like what the 70th minute, I the think, 75th or
0: something, or something like that. Yeah,
1: really not enough time for him to create chance, 74th minute, 74. Really not enough time, especially when we're down 1-0, for him to be creating these chances. Cause like you, you said, it best, you know, against this team, and we talked about it last week too, how they're most vulnerable. To counter attacks with that with that back line, you know, and there's not a better player in my opinion, or there's maybe a couple better in the Premier League, than setting up, just starting off these counter attacks, and then Fabregas with one of those long balls from the from the middle. Yeah, and I... and and the fact that we had bakioko in for so long when he honestly was playing so poorly, um, but. But I mean, I can't bash Drinkwater's play. This this is not a this is not a knockout all in Drinkwater because I thought he played exceptionally well on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he made a lot of good runs. Um, could could have had a goal um, if he had like a little bit of a better touch on uh, one of those balls. That it was just one him against the goalie. But I mean, that was such a difficult chance to finish off. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, the the run is what's important. Maybe as long as you're making these runs and creating chances, that's you know, that's that's the only way to ma- to make make chances. You and know?
0: Considering this is his first Premier League start and God knows how long, I, I thought I thought he held his own. The thing, the the issue I have with the whole Cesc Fabregas thing is, I, again, I don't have a problem with Danny Drinkwater starting. I'm not doubting his ability. I think he's a solid player and he will be a solid player if he hasn't come good for all Chelsea fans yet. He will eventually, and and I'm totally confident in that. My main issue was. You know, we saw Bakioko struggle all match long, um, especially on a defensive side. He did not play well and, well, and we'll get to that eventually, but I just think I might have gone about the substitutions a little bit differently. I thought mm-hmm. maybe taking Fabregas off and putting Drinkwater back in the middle with N'Golo Kante, Fabregas maybe playing in front of him, would have been good. It would have been good for us. I, m- my issue lies with, bakioko playing until the 74th minute we should have been chasing that game long before um long before the 74th minute and, and keeping bakioko in that long um is a testament to that. It is a testament to how we didn't really uh, play with the urgency that we should have played with again liverpool's back line is absolute shit and why we didn't go at him is just beyond me but Maybe starting in the second half with with the same lineup that we had in our first half, maybe giving Bakayoko 10 or 15 minutes just to see if he can gain some sort of momentum, um, see if he could turn the game around, because it is possible. It's not the end of the world if you play one bad half. Um, but clearly, like it was obvious within the first 10 minutes of that second half that Bakayoko was just not up to it that day. And,
1: and I I, I don't know what it was due to, because you can't blame him being tired, because you know, he didn't play in that carba game. He didn't play at all. Um, I don't – he he looked lazy. Um, he had an awful touch. He didn't defend. He didn't attack. I like. I don't – I just don't understand why Conte decided to play Fabregas the full game, the game before, and then, you know, let Bakayoko play for that long in this game. Um, but, you know, and whoscored.com gave him a 6.27 rating. Mm-hmm. Three tackle attempts, only one completed. 82% pass success, only one interception, one clearance. I mean, this is not the type of guy that we pay a large sum of money for, like we did this summer, and expect so much for. And yeah, I get it. He's 22 years old. He was Champions League. He was on the Champions League team of the season last year. You know, all, although he was it was one of the bench players, but still, I mean. He he can't be playing games like that, and it he definitely hurt my trust.
0: Who, bakioko
1: Yeah, I, I definitely... His I, performance made me question I mean, a little I, bit.
0: I, I guess now is a good time to talk about Bakyoko. I know it's a little bit further in the script, but why not? So, here's, here's why I have an issue with what you said, is because last year... Last year, he was a player on a Monaco team that basically shocked the world with their Champions League campaign. I mean, playing alongside Fabinho... Um, and with me personally watching him playing in the Champions League, he looked phenomenal. thing Chelsea fans have to realize now is that he's 22 and it's his first season in the Premier League. And we always talk about this grace period that players have to go through to get accustomed to the physicality, to the pace, to the tactics, to the to the atmosphere, to the weather, whatever it may be. We always give all these other players benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to a rugged player who's whose game is based more on physicality, we don't give them the same benefit of the doubt too. And it's it's very, very hypocritical in my book. And you mentioned it. He was on the Champions League team of the year last year. Yeah, he wasn't a starter, but he was one of the 18 best players in the Champions League and arguably second or third best in his position. We have to be patient. He's young, he's in a slump. And luckily for us, we have a fantastic manager who will get him out of it in due time
1: and also we have a pretty easy schedule coming up in the next month so i mean so maybe
0: he could do with a little rest yeah, yeah maybe he could miss a game here or there and and conte is really good at managing players in that sense if if they're not playing well he has no problem benching them and and kind of taking taking a step back and saying hey look you need to sit down the next couple games you need to recollect your thoughts you need to get fit and then we'll throw you back in there when you're ready
1: so what how valuable is he as far as the defense that he brings like do we need him and Conte in with Fabregas or Drinkwater, or do you think that we can salvage or we can we can survive with a, a midfield with uh, Angolo Conte, Fabregas, and Drinkwater?
0: I think it's foolish to say that you can't survive with a, with a midfield of Conte and Drinkwater. They won a Premier League title together. Yeah. <laughs> so like to say that is it's bullshit. I'm not, I'm not having any of it. Um. But it's mostly dependent on our system, right? Obviously, we could play a three-four-two with Drinkwater and Conte, and I wouldn't have a problem with it, um, especially because it would allow us to bring a Pedro or a Willian into the team, who, who, I'm I'm a big fan of both. Right. I wouldn't be opposed to that. But also, if we play three-five-two, I wouldn't have a problem with having Drinkwater playing behind Fabregas next to Conte either. Here's the thing. It, it's just a matter of being patient with bakioko. Yes, we it wasn't his best game. Yes, it was by far his worst game of the campaign. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats here. He attempted 3 tackles and only completed one of them. A man of his size and his ability against the midfield of of J- uh, Jordan Henderson and 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 James Milner, who aren't defensive midfielders by trait, is pretty pathetic. Um it just wasn't a good game. It was a bad day at the office. These guys are professional footballers, yeah, but they're entitled to to having a shitty game every now and then. It, it's it's not something that we should crucify them over. You know, someone
1: who didn't have a shitty game and actually had an amazing game, Eden Hazard. Yeah. He's a man on fire. Oh, my God. You know, this is his third game in a row, third, third match in a row, mm-hmm. where he's been by far our most important player. And, uh, you know, we We've talked about him in the past, kind of showing up for one game and then, you know, not necessarily playing his best effort the next, you know, the following game or maybe following two games, and then having another elite game the game after that. You know, but, it's,
0: it's funny hearing you praise Eden Hazard because I think it was after, what was it, after the West Brom game or after the Carabag game? I remember you sending me a text and you said. And I mentioned how well he played and how he was a man of the match. And you're like, yep, now he's going to suck for the next five years. <laughs> and, and it seems like... I mean, that's how it's been. That's how it's that's been, how it's been <laughs> since he's been at Chelsea. It's like he'd have two or three really good matches. And then he would just drop off off the face of the planet for the next month. But I think we're finally seeing Hazard playing in a position where he wants to be. I know he expressed before, under especially under Mourinho, his desire to play the number 10. And I think playing this modified false nine role with the three five two that Antonio Conte has been uh, putting out has definitely been bringing out the best in him. And just looking at his ratings from who scored, he got a nine point zero five. He was he was the man of the match and even outshone Mohamed Salah, who I mean, let's be honest, ripped us to shreds. Right. Um,
1: I mean, we'll talk about continue, but I want to talk about his. I mean,
0: uh, Salah a little bit. So. So, I mean, just going back to Hazard really quick cuz yeah, I, this just needs to be mentioned cuz it's it it's absolutely insane. He attempted 11 dribbles and completed 9 of them. That's the highest for any Premier League player this season. That's incredible. Yeah, he completed 5 key passes and had an 89% pass completion rate playing that high up the pitch. This is I mean, this is something that that sets apart the really good players from the potentially world-class players. Playing in matches like this, under the lights, at Anfield, a primetime game on a Saturday, and you show up, and you ball your ass off, and he left everything out on the field. But one thing I want to mention before we before we talk about Mo Salah, gets the shit kicked out of him every single match. Yeah, and, it's really not fair. And, and I know almost every other football podcast talks about this, but there needs to be some sort of of conversation that needs to be had with the refereeing association and the FA because Eden Hazard doesn't get any calls and he doesn't get none of the people that that kick the shit out of him get punished that you very rarely see yellow card um being shown for attack on Hazard the thing that drives me mad is why the situation keeps happening over and over again you're not talking about a guy who gets kicked and rolls all over the floor grabbing his face even though he got kicked in the ass, right? Right, Like, you're not talking about a guy who asks for calls. He doesn't complain to referees. He doesn't... he, he, He gets kicked. He tries to stay on his feet as long as possible. And then if, if he has to go down, he goes down, but he pops right back up and keeps playing.
1: I mean, it's 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 a he, great quality and it's also a flaw. I mean, in the sense that, you know, if you're not yelling at the refs, they're not going to give you those kind of calls. I, I mean, if you
0: want to look at it in hindsight, let's look at the, let's look at another player who left the Premier League because he was tired of being kicked, Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. He left because he was getting the shit kicked out of him and was getting no treatment whatsoever. Uh, Hazard came out and even said like at training he even admits that he doesn't play his hardest because he's always nursing some sort of injury and saving the kicks that he's going to receive for the actual matches. Unreal. That's a problem. That's a major problem and I think the referees have to get on top of that. And Michael Oliver was a referee for this game and I actually like him as a ref as a you know contrary to my belief on all the other refs <laughs> but he he even had a blinder. Danny Drinkwater should have had a red card but that's beside the point. Inazar needs to be protected and some sort of conversation needs to happen because if it doesn't he's going to fuck off to Spain or France where he's not going to get touched. Yeah, that's I really do not want this to happen. Yeah. Um
1: so let's talk a little bit about Mohamed Salah cuz mm-hmm. I mean obviously um ex Chelsea player um Hazard kind of made some comments about him before the game saying that he was never really given a chance at Chelsea, which is true. He he barely played um scored against us um and uh i think that from uh, I, I, mean, I he could have scored more he could have done a lot better but i think against us but if if it weren't for Iquetas amazing amazing play and our amazing uh, i'm trying to think of the word but control on the back line cuz they they had a, he had a couple times where he was dribbling around in our box and like you know a lot of times when most players when most teams play against a guy who does that they foul him or do something and he's able to draw a penalty but we were able to control ourselves and not draw any fouls like that uh i mean really i think he only had two i mean the, the, his goal was kind of off a mistake
0: um yeah, uh, just kind of tapped it into Coutinho. And it
1: wasn't necessarily his fault either. It was just like an unlucky touch, I think. Um and you know, that that if that's if that's the only goal we're giving up against him, then of course he had another nice shot that Thibaut uh, Courtois saved. I saw
0: a stat today that said he has like a, a thir- I'm forgetting exactly what percentage, but it's in the low 30s for conversion rates when he have a sh- when he has shots on target and it's actually a a, a percent or two better than Luis Suarez. So Here's what I'm thinking. If we gave him three good chances to score and he scored one of them, he put up his his average numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that he could have done more against us. I think that his chances were few and far between. And a player like that who's in that kind of form, there is absolutely no way that you're going to go in there in his home under the lights and stop him. Um, from at least making an impact on the game, and that's what he did. He left his mark, um, just really quick. Respect to him for not celebrating. I thought that was really cool. Like you know, he still he still doesn't have any bad blood. Um, he doesn't have any bad blood with Chelsea Football Club, and that's great. I think whether, I think whether his, or not he has bad blood with Mourinho is a completely different story. I think though. his
1: celebration was more. Um, I, I read that it was actually in remembrance of uh the victims of the attack in Egypt the day before.
0: Oh, so wow. yeah, okay.
1: that's why he didn't celebrate. But um, I mean, either way, just he's just a class act.
0: Yeah, and, the, and he
1: is messy. And let's not
0: and let's not, you know, I, I don't want this to go um under wraps without us saying it or mentioning it on the pod. He is so much fun to watch. His pace, his, his speed. Just, oh my gosh! Like you know what the scary thing was is if if Klopp actually didn't start. or or didn't play um, Sadio Mane, and Liverpool saw out their 3-0 lead that they had against Sevilla, we would have saw a front three of potentially Firmino, Salah, and Mane. And just thinking about that going forward, that is probably as good of a front three as you're going to get in the Premier League nowadays. I
1: I still can't believe that Firmino didn't even play because, I mean, another ex-Chelsea player, Daniel Sturridge, was... God awful. And I mean that was like his one of his first games that he's played in a long time. And he was non-existent. He did not do anything that game. And you're forgetting think... about
0: the last ex Chelsea player that was in the game. <laughs> Who? Alex Oxley Chamberlain. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God he's not. He's <laughs> such shit. And, yeah. And I'm gonna be the first one to admit I was all for getting him until he went to Liverpool, and I actually watched him, and he's
1: thank God he's we definitely shit. dodged a bullet on that one.
0: Um, let's uh, let's move on a little bit because we are running out of time. So I have,
1: I have just one last thing I wanted to say, or two things actually, real quick. Yeah, go for um, it. Zabaleta, he I think he was gassed in the second half. Um, he 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 had he cre- he ran a lot in that first half, and also he played the whole Carabao game. Um, he he made a lot of crosses, but I I didn't I didn't think that any of them were really quality crosses. Um, so I think that Zapacosta did not have his best game. Um, and then also I think this game is evidence of how important it is for us to keep Tebow. Um, it's crucial. we need to lock him down. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that contract situation is getting a little bit scary. Right.
1: It? I mean, we we would have lost I think a hundred percent without him in the net. So. We we definitely need him, and you know he's saying that he wants to get paid. You know David de Gea money. I mean,
0: what makes you well, think he doesn't deserve right. it? Right.
1: I mean, he's definitely if not. I mean, David de Gea and him, I think, are one A and one B for best two goalkeepers in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, definitely. and it's it's re- it's really not much of a difference between the two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's worthy of that money. Pay up.
0: Pay up, Chelsea. You heard the man. Um oh di- I mean I want to move on to the Swansea game but I saw today Michael Amanalo got is the new technical director of Monaco.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. I I did not see that. That is really funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I wonder how that's going to Monaco out. is uh definitely Damn,
1: I thought he just wanted some time off, and taking a that's break. That's what he but said, but we all clearly know Clearly we not sacked true. him.
0: Yep. We definitely did sack After him. After that
1: we clearly sacked him. Yep.
0: So uh <laughs> okay. We welcome Swansea to Stamford Bridge on Wednesday. Now, this is the part of the season where the matches do come really thick and fast. Um, And luckily for us, our scheduling is very, very generous. So Swansea is in absolute shit form. They're 19th in the Premier League table and only managed nine points in their first 13 Premier League matches. They only scored seven goals while conceding 15, four of which... Are from Chelsea's own Tammy Abraham, who's not going to be available for that match because he's gonna, he can't play against his parent club. I mean, their
1: their lack of scoring should not come as a surprise after you know they they transferred Urente, um by far their best goal scorer. So, I mean, really, this this should not be this should not be a tough game for Urente
0: us and Gilfie Sigurdsson, right? So, I mean, That's not mentioned. So that was their. Easily, their are two best players in the last five years gone. Yeah, and and, and, and Wilford, goal scores. Yeah, Wilford Boney left, what was it, the season or two before to Man City and absolutely sucked suck ass at Man City. Came back to Swansea and is now sucking ass again. I don't know what happened to him. It fell off, man. See, sometimes sometimes players, making a move to a big club could make or break a footballer, and I think that's exactly what happened to Wilford Boney. He just was not good enough for Manchester City standards. And he struggled because of it. He lost two years of development at a relatively young age. So really quick, though, let's talk about what we need to do to win this match, because there's a lot that we could talk about, especially with a really poor side that we could do to win. But what are the most important?
1: I think that um, the first thing is that their, their defense really lacks pace. Um, so it's it's very important for our wingers to you know us to attack with width. With. So our wingers um are gonna be very important, opening up, creating gaps for Murata and Hazard uh to exploit in the middle. Um like I said, Zapakosta if he ends up playing this match, which I don't think he will because this is a this is a Wednesday match. Um mm-hmm. and you know, we just played so two you- I don't think he'll be playing. Hopefully. Victor Moses might get right, away. Right, yeah. yeah I was actually about to say weekend. that. Um, he's, he's, hopefully he gets a start. Um, you know, something like him and maybe even, I mean, putting Willie in. Like, because I don't think that our uh, having a, a necessarily strong defense for our wingbacks is going to be crucial. Well, we all know game, that's
0: not going to happen because Antonio Conte is a very, very defensive manager.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but. Definitely attacking with width. That, that that's one of the things that we need to do.
0: I mean, I I I know we kind of mention this every week and and every single match. You know, preparation. Like, what do we need to do to win? A big one's keeping them out of our net, right? So they only scored seven seven goals in their first thirteen Premier League matches, but it's needless to say, like they're very, they're a very dull attacking side. If we could keep a clean sheet combined with their leaking defense, there's no reason why we can't put a goal or two past them and just kind of see the game out um while expending as little energy as possible because we do have another Premier League match on Saturday against Newcastle, but like I said, the main thing is just keeping them out of our net. This is a Premier League side, and I don't and I'm saying this tongue in cheek because we have had shit performances against Swansea as of late. But if they get one goal, that's all the confidence they need to propel them to maybe stealing a point or stealing three against us, um, which wouldn't be completely foreign considering Swansea has had our number um, on occasion as of late. So obviously that's big, but let's just dive right into our right into our predictions. So what do you think? Um, again, I, I need to see what
1: kind of team we're going to put out there um but if we if we put in i th- i think i don't think we're, we're going to allow any goals i think keeping a clean sheet is is pro- is probably a lock for me and uh it's going to be a
0: matter of whether it's going to be 2-0 or 3-0 do you think uh would you be opposed to seeing a 3-4-3 in a match like this yeah
1: why not i mean i think we need to sit bakioko um, and maybe play drink water and, and N'Golo Conte, or Conte and
0: Fabregas.
1: I, I want to see three, four, three with N'Golo Conte and drink water just to see how they, how they look like just with them two being the midfielders. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just, cool. it's
0: just curiosity, right? right like, yeah. like the footballing purists will just sit there and kind of tear up if they see that like, oh, they're back. Yeah. The Leicester fans are going to look too and cry a little and bit. They're going to cry a little bit. They'll be like, wow, they only cost 70 million <laughs> between both of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, I got to agree with your match predictions. I definitely think it's going to be either a 2 or a 3-0. It's going to be a really easy victory for us. But I do stress it. We have sucked against Swansea before, and there's no reason to think that we can't do it again. So being professional is going to be absolutely crucial in a match like this. Absolutely. Um, moving on, though, uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle um, Saturday match. So this is return of the fat fuck Rafa Benitez. <laughs> Um and that's me being kind, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, so great. Um, but uh I definitely think uh, Rafa Benitez has been eating more pies this season than uh than than getting points in the Premier League. So definitely
1: been eating a lot of L's too. This a November. lot of L's hasn't has not won a single match in November, four losses. Um Crap. Newcastle is in very poor form right now. They started out the
0: season really well, mm-hmm. but when you have your center back tied for your leading goal scorer, <laughs> you're probably not going to be somewhere <laughs> high up on the Premier League table. I, I
1: actually didn't know that. Yeah, who's, who,
0: it's who's uh I, I'm forgetting his
1: name. That is really funny, though. I, I, I have no I, I'm idea. I'm going to tell
0: you right now.
1: Okay, so I'm, I'll, I'll read off some stats right now. Newcastle's in 14th in the Premier League. They only have 14 points. Um, they've scored 11 goals and have scored have gone 17 goals scored against them. So, um. I think that what we need to do to win...
0: Jamal LaSalle's. Right. Yes, Jamal LaSalle's is tied with Joselu for goals scored. They each have two in the Premier League. And both of LaSalle's goals were in back-to-back matches, if I'm not mistaken, in the beginning of the season. Oh my but God. let me say something really quick about LaSalle's. He is a really talented footballer. He's probably the best player on their roster. It, when we when we play against them, watch him stand him next to Morata. He is a big, thick, strong footballer. Just something to look out for. Maybe a little man crush going on. But I don't
1: know. <laughs> um, it's a tiny bit. Uh, so, Zach, what do we need to do to win this game?
0: Uh, There's a lot, but I think the first and main one is tiring them out with possession. So, Rafa Benitez's teams don't like to expend, too, or they do like to expend a lot of energy defensively. Because they aim to hit teams on the counter. They're not a Gagan pressing side like a Jurgen Klopp, like a Jurgen Klopp team. Um, but they do expend a lot of energy defensively. They do try to cut off passing lanes and, and, and flirt with the counterattack, especially with, uh, players who have a lot of pace, like Christian Atsu, who's in their side. Um, and also, uh, Dwight Gale, if he gets a starting nod, he's full of pace, but again, a suboptimal striker. Um, but I, I think that's huge. Um. Tiring them out with possession is going to be absolutely massive. If we hold the ball and, and and kind of pick them apart little by little, eventually this team is going to get frustrated and their defensive shape is going to break. Um, that or um, they're going to get a shit ton of yellow cards because this team is very very ill disciplined when yeah. it comes to flying in challenges. Twenty
1: four yellow cards and a red card in and, and thirteen matches played they're, tells you
0: everything you need to know. You
1: know they're they're not disciplined at all, but you know again the 24 yellow cards that tells you that they're a very physical team yeah
0: Yeah. um
1: so i mean that that is really hard to play against um we just got to keep strong mentally we can't get sucked in to their lashing out their confrontations Mm -hmm. um just keeping a cool head i think that that should lead us to a win um also taking advantage of the rotations um you know we're gonna have a lot of during this time of the season, um, there's a lot of of matches coming, you know, thick and fast. Um, we have to be ready to pounce on their squad rotation and, you know, their lack of playing time mm-hmm. for, you know, especially those fringe players that are going to be starting against us. Um, I don't know if they're going to put out their best squad against us. But, I mean, like I said, like Chelsea, just for instance, we we're, we're this is going to be our
0: fourth game in... In a week, it is interesting to see because Newcastle plays, I, I believe they play West Brom at midweek. Um, so maybe I could see Rafa Benitez going out for all three points against West Brom and then just kind of taking a little schedule loss against Chelsea at the bridge, just the schedule, weekend, loss, right? Or uh, or possibly going for a draw. There's it could be a possibility, but again, you never know. He could be resting players for their West Brom match, and that's when he makes his rotations and then goes with a full-fledged squad against Chelsea. Um, all I know is that I cannot wait for the reception he gets at Chelsea or <laughs> lack thereof. It's going to be fun. It's going to gonna watch. be
1: absolutely hilarious to see. Yeah, because the game is is going to be at Stanford Bridge. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so do you have any final thoughts on the game? Or I mean, I, just really quick, I want to mention, like we do need to press this team very high and hard. Again, they're not a possession-based side, so when they do win the ball off of us or if they do nick it off of us, we have to make sure that we squander it quickly. And then that might possibly spring us on to counterattack. Their defense is kind of shaky. It's not terrible, but it's not great. So there's definitely going to be gaps that can be exploited against this side. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a 3-4-3 for this match, but I do think we're going to see a 3-5-2. I think Antonio Conte is going to go with a full-strength squad. I think all the rotations are going to happen against Swansea, and I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea.
1: I think... uh I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a match your your prediction
0: 2-0. Any uh, any
1: final thoughts though?
0: Um fuck Rafa Benitez. Yeah, maybe fuck Rafa Benitez. That that's a that's a given though. Mm-hmm. Um I do these this next round of matches we are going to have, you know, we do need to be very very professional with them. We're playing a lot of teams that got that have been promoted. Um we're playing a lot of teams that are fighting for relegation. And a wounded animal is a dangerous animal, as far as I could see. So,
1: yeah, you know, I mean, and also I think that we can't, we cannot give up, drop any points in these next couple of games. Um, Arsenal is right on our tail. Tottenham, they drew, and, you know, we can definitely leap in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to finish top three for sure. Um, top two possibly but i don't want to give i don't want to drop any points in these games so yeah. and i think i i don't i think antonio conte agrees with me mm-hmm. um in the sense that he's he's not going to just put out like a, a, a poor squad just to you know thinking that the other team is, is poor and will probably scrape out a win or maybe a draw one point is not going to do it against these teams
0: no no it definitely isn't um really quick though before we sign off um Make sure to follow us on Twitter, um, Romans Empire RomansEmpirePod. Um, make sure to email us if you want, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, any third-party uh, podcasting app. We're basically there. Let's hope that Eden Hazard continues to form. Yes. Let's hope that uh, Rafa Benitez keeps eating his ass off because <laughs> it's, funnier. it's funny to watch him continue to be
1: fat. Shout out to uh, my fantasy football team winning by one
0: point. Fantasy Premier League football team. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week on Monday, and hopefully we'll have uh, six more points in the bag. Until then, up the chills and keep the blue flag flying high.